Strap in. You're listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone. Everybody and welcome to the Walt Blackman Show. We're so glad that you can make it today. Today is Monday, May 23rd. This month is flying by. Today we're going to be talking about the $100 million military assistance to Ukraine. A lot of people have different opinions on it. This is Walt Blackman. Join up. Now, go ahead and buckle in, strap up, and get ready for the No PC Zone. The Wall Blackman Show. Hello, everybody. This is Walt Blackman, and again, welcome to the Walt Blackman Show. We're so glad that you were able to get in and uh, listen to this. This podcast is blowing up. We are actually getting people downloads from across the globe, if you believe it or not. And uh, that's something that we're really, really excited about. We're going to continue to grow and continue to do what we got to do. And just to make sure that uh, we get uh, the no PC type of news out uh, to you. This is a podcast on politics and conservative politics. Um, However, we are not in the business of, you know, just saying what people want to hear. We are in the business of making sure that the truth is told on all sides and that we are, we are really getting involved in this movement to take back our our country and to protect what um, Americans liberties and freedoms are all about. And in this subject, in this, excuse me, in this segment, we're going to be talking about the aid to Ukraine. Now, we know last Thursday that the Biden administration announced $100 million in military assistance to Ukraine. That was last Thursday. Now, if we are um, uh, just kind of talking about this from a historical point of view, I'm a history guy, love history. And what... um what this always points back to for me is what happened during the Vietnam War. So early on during the Vietnam uh, War, before troops were on the ground, before even before uh, advisors were on the ground, the United States sent aid to uh, Vietnam. And at one point, um, uh, the United States was actually helping North Vietnam and um, Ho Chi Minh. Uh, then the communist leader of North Vietnam uh, went to uh, the uh, United States um, in a quasi fashion um, requesting aid. And um, it ended up uh, that the United States didn't give aid uh, to um, Ho Chi Minh. It ended up that the United States started to aid um, South Vietnam. And after that aid, uh, was turned out to be, was it enough? Then we went to advisors. And after the advisors uh, were not able to get the job done, then it went to the troops on the ground. And then before you know it, uh, years later, a decade later, we had over 55,000 U.S. service members that were killed in action um, in that uh, war. Now, 
with this announcement of $100 million in military assistance to Ukraine, um, that's the first thing that's on my mind when people are talking about it or asking me, what is, what's my opinion on the money and the military, military assistance that's going to Ukraine? Uh, are, we, are we going to stop at that point? Or are we going to send advisors in as we did in Vietnam? And if that doesn't work, are we going to send in ground troops, combat troops into Ukraine? So that's my, that's my biggest concern. Now, moments after um, uh, the, the, the president announced the $100 million of military assistance to Ukraine, um, the Senate sent a $40 billion supplemental aid package to the president's desk for the president to sign. Now, on that equipment, that supplemental packet, it included uh, additional artillery, uh, radars, other equipment uh, to the Ukraine, to Ukraine. And um, the president um, believes um, that this is going to be able to uh, help them. And he is, he is noted to say that these weapons and equipment will go directly to the front lines of freedom in Ukraine. And you know, with this end quote, with this is he believes is going to give the Ukrainian people strong support. Now, again, I am not against helping the people of Ukraine. I just want to know where we are drawing the line. Is this going to escalate? Is this going to escalate when military assistance and these aid packages will not work? Because, you know, Putin has a say in this. He does. Putin decides whether or not he wants to pull out or does he want to prolong this? Does he want to drag other countries in? I mean, he's in a corner right now. And now that the United States has stepped up its aid package to Ukraine, what outcomes are we going to see from President Putin, who is now, who is now, in a corner now, uh, Thursday's Thursday's aid package is the is the tenth uh, type of shipment of weapons to Ukraine under the president's uh, drawdown authority, and um, which allows the Pentagon to uh, uh, dig into existing military arms stockpiles and to start to send that. It also brings a total military assistance. Uh, the U.S. has provided to that country to uh, $3.9 billion. Now, this is since the Russian invasion began. Now, I want folks to understand, we're still paying for the two wars that we recently got out of, that we still have troops on the ground in, and those wars are Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, some people say, well, you know, the war in Iraq was done some time ago. We are still continuing to pay for that war, just as we were paying for the war in Afghanistan. And that is because we have to take a look at the human casualty, the human toll, uh, the equipment that was uh, left behind in Afghanistan, uh, the the infrastructure that we are going to have to either rebuild for Afghanistan or in Iraq. I mean, we are still paying for those wars. And now we have picked up another debt of $3.9 billion to Ukraine since Russia uh, invasion began. And so, again, you know, 
this equipment that we are talking about includes 18155 millimeter howitzers, 18 tactical vehicles and tow uh and and those howitzer believe it or not are are also used as 18 um uh millimeter artillery tubes and that's a big punch that's a that's that's part of our main uh, arsenal when we're talking about ground deployment of uh weapons and then you know, we've got 3AN uh, TPU 36 counter artillery right, radars. And if you remember, um, if you were around during the Desert Storm days, Gulf War One, um, those were used um, to protect U.S. troops um, serving in Kuwait um, from uh, Scud attacks. And uh, we we just need to ensure that you know, is this, is this going to be it? Are, are we going to, are we going to stop, uh, stop this now, the, you know, Pentagon officials have went on to say that, uh, they'll start the uh, flow of equipment and assistance very soon, uh, to Ukraine. And, and I got that. And of course, I mean, they don't have an exact date when they're going to start sending, uh, this stuff over into Ukraine. However, you know, uh, the president has already already uh, signaled the green light for Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, to go ahead and do this. And, you know, we are going to see the secretary of defense, SecDef, Austin, return over and over uh, to the Senate asking for more and more and more. And then we are going to see probably advisors on the ground. We are going to see probably troops on the ground if this is not controlled. Now, spokespeople at the Defense Department says that the package uses up uh, a remaining, uh, the remaining $100 million of the $3.5 billion in uh, the drawdown authority. So what, so what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that during the drawdown, we had, we placed our, the Department of Defense placed uh, numerous weapons and um, uh, parts into a drawdown authority phase, which they were either going to put those weapons out of service or sell them to another country who are whatever. However, um, what they have done is put it into take taking the, the the weapons out of the drawdown authority act, and they are actually shifting it over to the Ukrainian aid package. Um, and with all of that, one would think that the the price tag, as I said, uh, the three point uh, three point nine billion dollars, they think that that's the price tag, you know, including the hundred million that Biden authorized. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, that total price is $1.5 trillion. $1.5 trillion that the United States, using the drawdown authority and also the money that's going to be allocated uh, uh, from the president and from what the Congress um, is asking for, the $40 billion, it, it all turns, it all counts up to be $1.5 trillion. Now, I, you know, I ask myself, can we afford $1.5 trillion to fund a war fought by Ukraine and Russia? Because this price tag, 
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to continue to climb. And when this thing continues to climb, we are going to see Americans begin to say, hey, listen, this war in Ukraine, this conflict, whatever you want to call it, is going on and on and on and on. And the price tag will continue to grow. And once this thing continues to to blow up, you know, out of, you know, it's just blowing up, then what do we get to? And then we need to be thinking about, we are, as I said before, placing our 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 fighting forces on a on a path to where they're either going to be advisors or they're going to move troops in and then we're we're putting Russia into a corner Putin into a corner now now because of the increased aid going to Russia the Joint Chiefs is has been known to say that the U.S. should consider possibly the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons. He doesn't. He doesn't really break it down where. Uh, not the current Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mike Mullen, who was a former Joint Chiefs of Staff, he said some time ago that the U.S. should consider the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons on the ongoing invasion in Ukraine. We have put this guy in a corner, and it's very difficult to know what uh, the Russian president, uh, Vladimir Putin is, Putin, is going to do or what he is thinking at any particular time. And, and, and intelligence sources already knows that he is all, obviously the president, Putin, has spoken about this. So the more that we throw aid into the defense of Ukraine, the more we are putting Putin in a corner. And what we need to do is consider, consider it as a possibility that Russia might do this. And we all know that the nuclear weapons that Russia has is the most devastating weapons ever created on earth. And we have nuclear weapons as well. However, are we willing to risk the possibility of a nuclear war that we kind of walked into because we are providing all this aid? Remember, Putin's in a corner. And when we have put him in a box like that, we need to really be careful about that. Now, Mullen also added, and again, I will tell you, Mullen is the former, former, uh, the former uh, chiefs, uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, he's a uh, Navy Admiral, and um, we need to consider also. We need to we need to remind the country that uh, you know th- these nuclear weapons were actually used, but they were used by us to Japan and that is because we were sort of placed in a in a in a in a box in a corner because we did not we did not want to send ground troops into Japan because we knew the the casualty rate would be high and 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 
President Truman at the time, after Roosevelt, decided to use the nuclear arsenal to end the war. However, when we, when we fast forward over 50 years since the first atomic bomb was dropped, and we are in this conflict, and we have a government that uh, is unstable, in my opinion, the Russian government, are we prepared for the consequences that may come from this if we do not take take heed to what could happen? Now, where where does NATO come into all this? Now, first of all, I think that uh, NATO is is a you know, and if you don't know about NATO, it's North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And uh, I've actually served under a NATO flag when I was deployed to Kosovo. And typically, um, uh, that's when all the forces um, in the, in the uh, area, U.S. forces, German, French, I mean, all, everybody in NATO kind of comes together. And uh, it was used more for a peacekeeping operations in uh, Kosovo, where I was, peacekeepers. Um, and, and they took those forces that were collectively from, the, from, the, from NATO and put them under the UN, United Nations. And then under the United Nations, uh, we deployed to Kosovo to protect those folks that were in, in Kosovo. You know, I think we need to do something like that. However, I don't think that the United States should have to lead in this in this in this fiasco. This should be this should start to turn and we should we need to be talking to Putin and the Ukraine president, Ukrainian president and talking to them about possibly peacekeeping forces. Um, talks to de-escalate this um, and then monitoring what we are doing ourselves as a nation and how we are sending uh, arms into Russia. However, I think the best bet for us right now is to form a, is to go to the UN and form out of the uh, NATO forces a peacekeeping operation mission begin negotiations between Russia and Ukraine um, and try to de-escalate this because we are going to find ourselves in a pickle if we don't do something pretty quickly. And again, um, you know, there, there has to be, there has to be concerns about this. And then we got, we have other things that are going on in the world, Finland and Turkey's concerns, about NATO NATO concessions and just all kind of things that are going on, and if we are not making sure that we are we are doing what we're supposed to do to try to stop de escalate uh, a lot of these a lot of these uh, wars that are going on, then uh, we're going to have a problem, and that problem is going to land at our front door because it always ends up that the United States end up ends up carrying the bulk of the load when we are talking about protecting other countries. Now, again, 
It's our responsibility as a world leader, as a superpower, to make sure that the globe is protected and safe. A lot of people don't like that. However, that is, you know, that's where we're at. You know, that's where we're at. And and if and if we we think that, you know, we can we can shy away from that, then it, that's just not going to happen. Uh, so so let's let's just make sure that as we move forward, that cooler heads will prevail, and then we don't continue to move. Uh, towards putting troops on the ground. You know, troops on the ground that are going to be in harm's way because they're already on the border. And that's what we'll see. Now, I was talking about the border. I want to talk about Title 42 a little bit. Now, yesterday, a judge blocked Biden from rolling back Title 42. And, you know, it's interesting that the Democrats would try to push this. Now, I talked a little bit about Title 42. I told you what it is. Title 42 is a Trump-era border management policy. And Title 42 actually is not, is not new. It's, it's something that uh, has been um, in, uh, in our government for a very, very long time. And um, what it does, it, it stops um, yeah, folks from coming across into our borders, um, because, you know, if there is a, um, epidemic somewhere across, you know, around the world. Now we're going to get more into that, but I just wanted to kind of bring that up a little bit when we're talking about borders and we're talking about what we, what we, uh, really need to be paying attention of and um, what Title 42 really means and how it really protect us. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that, and we're going to be talking about the border and immigration policy after Trump uh, left the White House and where we see it now, the overhaul of it. Um, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because, you know, again, we have troops on the border of Ukraine um, that are there in a form or fashion to, you know, you know, to protect Ukraine if, if we need to. So we're going to continue to monitor that. And we're going to continue to monitor uh, the equipment that goes over to Ukraine. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor that price tag that we will see that will continue to climb, increase, and how it's going to affect our economy. We know our economy is at a 40-year low right now, and we need to make sure that uh, we get a hold of this spending um, but however, what's most important, as I said before, ladies and gentlemen, is to make sure that we don't end up with combat troops on the ground in Ukraine because of us slow walking this into a path to war, the same path to war that was taken in uh, the Vietnam War. And and again, we we are getting just getting out of a war two wars that we still are having to pay for and this price tag continues to climb and i just think we just need to do a better job at managing the dollars taxpayer dollars that americans are spending i'm wall blackman and uh, i hope you enjoy that join us uh, tomorrow 
We're going to be talking about Title 42 and how the judge blocked Biden's rollback from doing this. This is Walt Blackman on the Walt Blackman Show. Hope you enjoyed the No PC Zone. And again, tune in tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Title 42 and the U.S. border. Listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone.